This week on the Pro Wrestling Podcast, Podcast. Oh, you didn't know? The Road Dog thinks he's a better entertainer than MJF. Is he? The Velveteen Dream, Patrick Clark, has issued an official apology for all of his wicked ways over the last couple years. CM Punk gives his real-life thoughts on Seth Rollins. And I go on an epic rant about the Chris Jericho issue and the lack of journalistic integrity in the world of professional wrestling. I am your host, Seth Grimes, and this is the Pro Wrestling Podcast Podcast. What the fuck is up, everybody? Welcome. Come on in to another episode of the Pro Wrestling Podcast podcast. I am your boy, Seth Grimes, here on this blessed day of our Lord, episode 98. Episode 98. Holy shit. I got to say, as we approach episode 100, I fucking love doing this. This is... My favorite thing to do in the world, and this is all I want to do in the world. I want to continue to create content for as long as humanly possible. Uh, it's what I do for fun. You know, if you catch me on a Friday night, am I out drinking at the bars? No. Am I sitting down, kicking my feet up, watching a fucking movie, eating popcorn? Maybe sometimes. Uh, but... Uh, most of the time, I'm working on shit. I'm working on this kind of shit. Thumbnails, editing, scripting some stuff sometimes. It's just, it's, I can't think of a better life to live. So, I appreciate you guys for supporting it. Everybody that watches contributes because I'm small at this point And every, literally every single view counts. So, Thank you guys so much, but uh, enough about my bullshit, nothing else going on, new year, new everything, whatever, uh, but the same old, same old keeps going on here as we dive, Oh, I got an epic rant in this here episode, I can't wait for you guys to hear this one, um, it could get spicy, and it could get controversial, but that's, I mean, gotta keep it real, gotta keep it real to myself, and uh, when I'm feeling particularly passionate about something, I am going to <laughs> go in hard. And as a matter of fact, uh, instead of talking about it, let's just go ahead and get to that first topic here today. Buckle up, friends, because I am in a surly mood right now, and I'm about to go off on some so-called wrestling journalists, because the whole goddamn thing is a joke at this point, and I've had about enough of it. So let's just dive right into it, right? So this whole Chris Jericho scandal that has recently broke out, I uh, was going to jump on this earlier, but had kind of decided to take the wait and see approach to this, right? Uh, this was when, let's pop this up over here at Twitter, when Jericho got into it with Stephen P. New. Stephen P. New was making the news. 
And I was a part of that little run there where uh, Stephen P. New had been outed as the lawyer for Punk and such. And Jericho, in a drunken tweet, a drunken rant, had gone hard on Stephen P. New, basically saying, ah, fuck you, you're a mark, I never signed any NDAs. And Stephen P. New says, well, it's in your employee handbook, Chris. Unless you have a special one, we can figure it out. Stephen P. New, a smartass as usual. But it was what was found in the comments of this tweet that took this whole story from like a four on the who cares scale up to like an eight, right? And has caused Chris Jericho to now not even be on TV. And we're going to dive into all of this hard. So just bear with me, folks. I got a lot to say and I'm pissy. Uh, so down here, I want to point you to this tweet from Nick Hausman. There he is. You see handsome Nick Hausman with his goofy little fucking smile there. What about the NDAs you make other people sign, Chris? Well, that sparked off a whole other tantrum and debate that got the whole internet speculating with that word from Nick Hausman. And then, so later on, I want to bring you to the next exhibit here. This is the tweet that has been making the rounds, that has been fueling this fire. As, uh, you know, because when Nick Hausman said that, he just said it flippantly, you know, just throwing it out there, just, ha, gotcha, Chris, uh, with no context or anything like that. So then this fucking tweet starts making its rounds. From ISO Wrestling, and my fat face is in the way. Let me see if I can hide that real quick here. And you can see it's a picture of fucking Shotzi in the profile picture. ISO Wrestling. So here's the deal. You don't quit the hottest Fed going today, AEW, without reason. I have it. From people in the know that Kylie was asked to go to Chris Jericho's room with the understanding that others would be there. When she got there, it was just him. He made a pass at her. No other details are given. And she freaked out. Let's bring it back here. So that checks out so far, right? Uh, other than the fact that we have this tweet over here that's blurry as all fuck, we do know Kylie Ray uh, was signed to AEW and then quickly left AEW uh, with no real uh, reason given. So there is a little bit of uh, smoke to that fire, perhaps, right? Or fire to that smoke, however you want to phrase that. I don't fucking know. But then the internet went wild, starting with this ISO wrestling bitch here, uh, who, let's just go ahead and pop in here. You see ISO wrestling, Shotzi Blackheart as the profile picture, Punk and Nikita Lyons as the profile. Nothing of note in the bio that gives any credibility at all. This is just a wrestling mark as you scroll through. Uh, particularly of the women's persuasion, right? Lots of Sasha Banks stuff and things like that. And it was this person and this image that has been making the rounds. Uh, who is behind the blur? I don't know because I do believe that tweet was tweeted and deleted and now is just here back out on the internet and is being pushed around 
by this ISO Wrestling. Uh, if you do look, there is lots of chatter going on on the internet. This has caused lots of stirs. This caused Chris Jericho to have to uh, basically take the day off of Dynamite. He's getting NDA chants in the crowd, which is, is funny, but I mean. So here we have Kylie Ray. Everybody loves Kylie Ray, right? Everybody's got their nice little comments. Uh, about just woke up to the news about Chris and Kylie. Don't really care. Hope Kylie is okay. Uh, fuck Chris Jericho. So you see, so you see how fast this kind of stuff can get carried away. And where exactly does any of this even come from? Well, uh, everybody seems to be pulling off of the fact that Kylie Ray herself. Liked this fucking tweet here. This uh, so here's the deal tweet, right? So she put a little heart on it. So that is clearly in an endorsement, which clearly proves beyond a shadow of any doubt that Chris Jericho is a sexual predator. At least that is what the internet wrestling community will have you think. And who has been at the forefront of perpetrating that noise? Well, it's a wrestling journalist by the name of Nick Hausman. The same stupid Mark that, if you go back to the beginning here, had to throw his two cents in about, oh, what about the NDAs you make other people sign, Chris? And for more context on this, from Nick Hausman, uh, Nick Hausman, uh, took, he has his own podcast, too. He's a, you know, a wrestling journalist. He was famous for you know being the guy that Punk tried to pick a fight with in Chicago over Colt Cabana. And uh, he has his own YouTube podcast video thing called Rumor and Innuendo. And boy, oh boy, does he like to uh, fucking traffic in rumor and innuendo, does he not? Here is a clip of Nick Hausman taking this one step further now and referring to Chris Jericho as, get this, the Harvey Weinstein of professional wrestling. He doesn't get why people are putting over Jericho so hard. It's dangerous when you have a guy like that in power. Check out this clip. Obviously, the Jericho part of it, for a lot of reasons stood out to me, you know, uh, one of the things that, you know, is so disconcerting to me about kind of the, the universal praise of Jericho. And I'm not going to deny the points that Max made about, you know, the impact Chris had in the early days of AEW. But when you have that kind of clout and you have that kind of power, it's very important to use that responsibly. And I just, you know, there are issues with Chris behind the scenes where I know of a lot of people who have been hurt by Chris and his actions. And, you know, it, it, it's very uncomfortable to me to see him lauded as often as he is with only the focus on that, because I do think that there's a lot of questionable um, stories about Chris that will find their way out over time. And when people are ready to tell those stories um, that will, will cast him in a very different light. I mean, look, Harvey Weinstein won a lot of Oscars. Harvey Weinstein produced a lot of very popular films. Harvey Weinstein is now in jail. I'm not saying that's going to happen to Chris, but your narrative can very quickly turn uh, if, you know, you're hiding a lot of skeletons in your closet. And now all of this is getting backtracked on by Nick Hausman because the uh, insinuation there was that he was referring to Kylie Ray. Now he's saying he did not say Kylie Ray specifically, but yet Nick Hausman, the wrestling journalist, 
such a smart, brilliant, well-educated, fine journalist this guy is, has gone on record here to call Chris Jericho the Harvey Weinstein of professional wrestling without a lick of fucking evidence to back it up other than a fucking heart from Kylie Ray on a tweet from some random ass mark on the internet. That's where we're at here, guys. That's where we're at in the fucking world of professional wrestling. That's how we're going to go about our journalism now. We're canceling Chris Jericho because of a fucking mark tweeting some bullshit on the internet. Completely unsubstantiated. And don't take me the wrong way, by the way. This is not a defense of Chris Jericho by any stretch of the imagination. If Chris is found guilty, if there is actual evidence out there, I will absolutely report it right here for you guys unbiasedly. This is not a defense of Chris. This is a defense of journalism. I have a journalism degree. Does Nick Hausman have a journalism degree? If he did, he would know that uh, journalists aren't subject to NDAs to start with. If he has information from somebody that signed an NDA, he is allowed to leak that information because he's a journalist. He's not bound to shit. So he knows about multiple NDAs that Chris Jericho's making people sign? Who? Who's on record, Nick Hausman? Nick Hausman, who do you have on record that on record is saying that Chris Jericho made them sign a non-disclosure agreement. Multiple people, huh? Multiple. Who are these multiple people? This is just your word. You have it on good authority. Where's your proof, bro? Where's your journalistic integrity? Where are these people giving a quote on the record? Where are these non-disclosure agreements with the, the black... You can black out people's names if you want to. I don't care. Where's your proof? What are you going off of? Then to take this one step further and say Chris Jericho is the Harvey Weinstein of professional wrestling. Do you know what that even means? I think some of these fucking idiots on the internet just flippantly throw shit out there for their social justice warrior brownie points. You know, Nick Hausman, a fucking tool, a nerd. You know, obviously uh, can't get his dick wet to save his life unless he can virtue signal how fucking much of a stand-up protector in arms he is of people like Kylie Ray from the big bad Chris Jericho's of the world. Okay, where's your evidence? That's what I want to see. Where's your evidence? It is journalistic fucking... I can't even think of the word. It's 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 a mockery of journalism to come out here. It's it's a disgrace to come out here and just report shit flippantly. Like you know, oh I know, I know several people who have said, I there's lots of stories out there about Chris Jerry. No, there's not. There's none. And if you have them, let's start reporting them instead of fucking being a little bitch cuck and reporting them in the comments of somebody else's fucking tweet. Stand on your own two feet, grow a set of balls, and report something. Don't just fucking retweet, quote tweet, fucking down in the comments below and be like, oh, yeah, what about you? It's just a passive-aggressive little flippant little thing that he's flowing out there to get himself over, to get him social justice warrior brownie points, fucking Me Too movement 2.0, 
Nick Hausman, let's go. Get him some pussy, right? That's all this is. He doesn't have anything on Chris Jericho. And if he's heard something, he doesn't have anybody on record. And again, I want to stress, this is not a defense of Chris Jericho. I'm not going to sit here and say that Chris Jericho is a great guy or anything. As a matter of fact, I really honestly do not put it past him to try to make a move on a chick backstage. Uh, But, you know, that's how guys get laid. They don't uh, go out and tweet social justice for uh, brownie points and hope that you maybe will give them a, a mercy date, right? You make a move on a chick. Now, there is a line that can be crossed, and certainly that could be the case here. Obviously, if Kylie Ray, if that's even the person in question, we're just trying to put the pieces together now based on her liking a tweet and her very strange departure from AEW so soon, it kind of matches, matches up, right? It makes sense that it could be her. Uh, but we don't have anything to go off of here to back any of that up. She's not on record. And no journalist has obtained any fucking proof of this. They talk like they do. Nick Hausman talks like he does. So quit being a pussy. Quit being a cuck. Grow a set of balls. Write up a fucking story. Drop some evidence. Where's your fucking, where is your tweet dropping? Here is the list of NDAs that Chris Jericho has made people sign. On the record that I know of. And if you can't get them on the record, the next best thing is you get a copy of this non-disclosure agreement and you black out all the lines. And guess what? When you black out the lines, they're not going to know who the person was. And guess what? When a journalist obtains a document like that, he's not bound to the non-disclosure. He can go public with somebody else's non-disclosure agreement Absolutely, he can. If there is a non-disclosure agreement out there that exists that Chris Jericho made any woman sign in wrestling, out of wrestling, anywhere, and you are a wrestling journalist that has that information on record, you need to do your journalistic duty and release that. You don't sit on your fucking keyboard and tweet like a pussy or get behind your camera like I am now and go, oh, well, he's like the Harvey Weinstein of wrestling. And it's concerning that so many people are, you know, so high on Chris Jericho and that he's so well respected because he could really be dangerous in that position. You're talking out of your ass. You're talking out of your ass. As far as the rest of the world is concerned, you're talking out of your ass. You might know the truth. You might have spoken with several female talents off the record where you know there's some dirty shit going on. Fine. I'm not denying that. I just got done saying it. I would not put it past Chris to do some dirty deeds. But at the same time, we need to have journalistic integrity here in this business. And Nick Hausman... What a fucking cock. What a cheap, low ball, low brow way to fucking to come out. And, and you're taking your little pot shot jabs for clout. That's what you're doing. And, and in the process, you are ruining someone's career, possibly their life. This is you can't just accuse people of sexual assault based off a fucking random person's tweet and a heart fucking emoji. You can't. 
And that's what this whole wrestling industry is doing. And WrestleTalk's getting involved. WrestleTalk was was getting some heat because they took this story and ran with it and kind of backed it up and gave it some steam. And I love WrestleTalk. Ollie's my bro, but not my real. I never met the guy, but I love Ollie. He's very he's a very nice, entertaining bloke. But for a, a, you know when these bigger media uh, YouTube media brands in the wrestling world and the bigger journalists, Nick Hausman, he's not a fucking He's not Meltzer, he's not Sean Ross Sapp, but he's up there, right? What's he doing out here spreading this kind of bullshit? And now he doesn't have the balls to stand behind it on his podcast. I've seen a tweet on his page, something about thanking WrestleTalk for taking a video down in regards to you know the insinuation that he was referring to Kylie Ray specifically. But you don't refer to any, you're not referring to anything specifically. You're you're vaguely fucking throwing things out into the ether. But what it's doing is it's getting picked up by a bunch of, because people don't read, people don't do what I'm doing. People don't go and go, oh, who said that tweet? Let me go read their whole profile and scope them out and see what kind of shit they got going on. Nobody has the journalism degree to know that these are things that if Nick Hausman has access to non-disclosure agreements or, or, or people coming out to him as a journalist, he has the ability to leak this information. Break the fucking story, bro. This will be the story of your career, Nick Hausman. Go ahead. Release those NDAs. Get those people on record. Do your fucking job as a journalist, and this could make your career. But no, you're a pussy. You're a fucking, you're, you're sitting, you're, you're clout chasing. You're looking for the social credit points. You're a social justice warrior. You are a keyboard warrior. You're tweeting from your fucking safe room. This is a guy that takes videos down because, oh, I don't want people to get the wrong impression or, oh, you know, I said that wrong. And blah, blah. Shut the, you're backtracking. You're a piece of shit. You're a shitty journalist. You're a fucking cuck. You're, you probably jerk off while other people fuck your wife. You got to grow a set of balls and do your journalistic integrity. All right? Do your work. Do the footwork. You don't come out and you don't say shit like this if you don't have anything to back it up. And the wrestling fans, you know, uh, not my f- listeners. Obviously, my listeners are smart. But a lot of these people are really dumb. As I scrolled through a couple of these tweets, and I, you know, I'm not going to sit and read them all, but I scrolled through many of these to see what other people are saying on the internet, and guess what? There's a lot of negative animosity towards Chris Jericho all of a sudden. NDA chance can't show up on Dynamite because he get booed out of the building. All because of what? Some reckless tweets, reckless spe- speculation, stupid marks social justice warriors, and shitty, self-proclaimed journalists. I do believe Nick Hausman is an educated man. He should have learned all of this in journalism school. Let's get the records out, Nick. Let's set the records straight. Let's go ahead and put those documents out there. And look, if you want to have a conversation, I'll talk with you about it. Let's fucking go. Let's have a conversation about this. Um, but you, you either need to shut the fuck up and apologize for spreading misinformation and possibly ruining somebody's career. I hope Chris Jericho is reaching out to his lawyers to sue the fuck out of you. 
or you need to just cough up the goddamn paperwork. If you know something, say something. Don't half-ass say something. You're being passive-aggressive about it. You're being a pussy about it is what you're doing. Put the documents out. What about the non-disclosure agreements you make people sign, Chris? How do you know that? How do you know that? Why don't you put that out there, Nick? Why don't you show people? Why don't you back it up? Why don't you break a fucking story for once in your cuck life? Other than the only story you ever broke was that fucking CM Punk tried to pick a fight with you at the press conference while he was eating muffins. I'm pissed. I'm pissed. I'm pissed because I'm a journalist and I've been to journalism school and there's ways to go about this. You don't just fucking randomly put shit out there on the internet, especially when it can absolutely ruin somebody's entire life. Cancel culture is running wild out there, brother. All you got to do is say, hey, you, I've used this example a couple of times, but you, you diddled your cousin. Yeah, you did. You're a fornicator with your cousin. Everybody, this guy fucked his cousin. And you know what? I don't need to push any kind of proof. All I need, and I don't even need everybody to believe me. As long as a few people believe me and they retweet it and they retweet it and they talk about it with their friends and then they talk about it on their YouTube channel. And all of a sudden, here we are. Nick Hausman, Nick Hausman, whatever your name is, Nick Hausman, please, for the love of God, be a journalist. Put your balls on the table, cite your sources, put your documents out on the public record. Don't just be a bitch in people's comments. Be a journalist. That's my piece on it. Now, as far as Chris Jericho, as stuff comes out on this, if anything else comes out on this, we will cover it here. And if Chris Jericho has done something that he shouldn't have he made uh, more than just uh, look it's okay to hit on a girl I don't give a fuck what any of you a lot of you people live in your mom's basement right let's be real here and I'm coming live and direct from my own basement so I'm a basement dweller myself I'm a neckbeard myself I'm a wrestling sweaty wrestling nerd just like you I'm not above you right I'm right there with you Um, but we're dumb and we're impressionable and uh, I think a little bit of information can be scary and dangerous and can lead to people really getting hurt. And, you know, the worst thing is, is that a lot of people that talk about this and retweet this, they actually don't care. How many of these people that are like, oh, fuck Chris Jericho, my heart's with Kylie Like, they probably never even heard of Kylie Ray. Let's be real. They don't care. They're not the huge fans. Some of them are, I'm sure. I'm not saying everybody across the board. But a lot of this is clout points and social justice brownie points and shit like that. And that's the world we live in today where you can just say something about somebody and half the people are going to believe it and you don't have to provide any proof. And there's no accountability. Nick Hausman needs to be held accountable. You're a shitty journalist, sir. You need to hang up your fucking boots or shut up and wrestle. Put up your documents. Let's show some shit. Prove your point or shut your mouth and put your microphone away. The Road Dog, along with his host, the Casio Kid on Oh You Didn't Know, poked the proverbial internet wrestling bear this week as they were answering questions from different listeners. And the question was posed to Mr. Brian James, the Road Dog, who's the better all-around entertainer? Road Dog, your humble host, of course, or... 
MJF. And would you be surprised by the answer? Check out this clip. Are you a better sports entertainer than MJF? <sighs> Just say it. So the fact that I've taken this long should make everybody mm. mad. Are they think by now? Um, I don't know, dude. He's great. Like I, I don't. I, I, he's a really great promo. He's a really great. I mean, he's not a great wrestler, but in my mind, but but I wasn't even a good one, so I don't compare that to. I I man, he he. Uh, you 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 have the out that his career's not over now. Now, so he's got time to pass you if you're ahead of him now. <laughs> you want me to say I'm better, don't you? Just for the views? Is that what it is? I, I, no, I, if you're asking my honest opinion, I think you're a better sports entertainer than here. That doesn't mean he's a bad sports entertainer. I think he is one of the best going today. My point would be, let's also see how his career ends up. I mean, he's got he's got years ahead of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me just give this to you plain and simple. The Road Dog is a better sports entertainer than MJF. And that is no disrespect to MJF. I met the individual, a very respectful young man, very smart young man, uh, very uh, smart in the way he eats, the way he trains. This surpasses me in everything. Uh, but I wanted to make the one line that everybody will read, uh, very clear. I'm a better sports entertainer than MJF. Yeah. Nobody Having links said to that, the video of this. They link to your text. Com yeah, yeah. 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 No, I get it. I get it. Road dog that. says, yeah. And then I'll trend. Yeah. And thank you guys for that. That's what uh, I mean. But if they listen to the whole thing, man, as a human being, I think the dude is a, is a good dude. You know, the road dog is known to say a lot of stupid shit for the sake of entertainment on his show. And if that's how he wants to justify himself being the better entertainer of the two, then by all means. But I think this was even a step too far for the road dog. Road Dog never shy to put himself over on his pod. Uh, it's one of the harder listens. You know, my job, I sit, I listen to all these fuckers' podcasts, and I try to find the news, and some of them are just a fucking slog to get through, and Road Dogs is one of them. Uh, he just annoys me. I'm sorry. I'm sure I annoy you. That's fine. Everybody's got their own taste. Um, but it's also on top of that, it's the, it's the attitude that he still has that he's just, you know, everything was better in the attitude era, you know, and everything that I did was slightly better, bigger. Uh, it just look road dog with all due respect, give him his props here. He was one of the most entertaining wrestlers of all time, period. And when he broke out, at, first of all, the spend my day working hard on the go because the hand on the clock keeps spinning too slow. I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. No, I'm not going to do the fucking Bruce Pritchard twang on it. You know, my baby's got me wrapped around her little finger. Uh, Road Dog's got talent. He's got charisma. He's out there, you know, he did that song back in the day, and he's out, you know, fucking rolling cables and checking the mic for Jarrett. 
Well, the outlaw thing, especially when the outlaws hit, when him and Billy teamed up, they were like empowered each other to just be chaos agents. And they were basically DX and the Attitude Era before they were even admitted to DX. I remember very specifically when Triple H was forming the new DX after WrestleMania 14 that, you know, obviously X-Pac, duh, that fits because we knew he was friends with Triple H and, you know, he came from the NWO. So he already had that style. We already knew, you know, the six-pack, right? But when the when he added the New Age Outlaws, that was like, oh, yeah, those guys fit perfectly in this. It's like they should have been... They should have been here the whole time. So, and they were. They were used as henchmen at times, but, you know, leading up to that, they were just kind of made official the night after. But you get the point. Road Dog did a lot of great work in his career. He's a, he, he has the charisma in the ring. He, he knows how to work a crowd. He knows how to present a character. He knows how to rock a mic. He's, he's charismatic on his podcast to the point of annoyance. Where he's singing and shit on his fucking show. Uh, you just completely disregard that I just sang about 30 seconds ago. We don't talk about that. We're talking about the Road Dogs podcast. And uh, Road Dog, highly entertaining fella. One of the most entertaining fellas. Uh, but he can't do like a dinner debonair. I think maybe he missed that. I think he's comparing himself to MJF in the ring, on the mic, like doing promo work or whatever. But MJF, like this guy, first of all, can play the uh, the wickedest evil of a bad guy or like a goofy fucking schlub bad guy or a fucking beloved baby face. Right, he can work any crowd. He's got them all in the palm of his hand. He's got the gift of gab like no other in this era, for sure. You know, he's not the best of all time. I'm not saying that, but he's certainly better than Road Dog. Put MJF and Road Dog on the mic. We're we're throwing wrestling moves out completely, though. MJF should get a point for being a better in-ring wrestler than Road Dog, as it is a category of entertainment. But even if you threw that out, okay, let's line them up on the mic together. Oh, you didn't know? Call somebody. Uh, uh, it's the D-O-double-G. He thinks he's fucking, you know, he makes up his little rap flows. But on a fucking recent podcast, he didn't even know who the fuck it, he was pitched a Illmatic shirt from Nas. He's like, Nas? Who's Nas? But yeah, Road Dog likes to walk around like he's the gangster rapper guy. He doesn't even know. Never heard of Nas? I know Nas isn't Jay-Z, you know, clearly one got ahead on in that chase there. But, I mean, don't call yourself a rapper fan if you don't know who Nas is. Fuck, it's not like he's... I wonder if more people now know who Lil Nas X is than they know who Nas is. That's fucking wild. I'm old. Doesn't matter. Road Dog's older. Fuck him. Uh, so on the mic, MJF's got him beat. MJF can do better character work. Uh, Road Dog is not cutting the promos that MJF is cutting. I'm sorry. I don't know where he's living in his brain. He's not cutting better promos than MJF on, on his best day. He's charismatic. He can work a mic, but he can't work the, 
He's not he, MJF is a fucking maestro. He he can wrap people up. His little you know he, he gets people invested in his stories. You know stories about the quarters and and stuff he's told a couple times. The the you know I the, never trusted anybody, and then I had one best friend, Adam Cole. Like he can suck you in. His his work with Punk. Far superior on the mic, far superior in the ring. So two points MJF so far. Okay, Singer, we go back to the spend my days working hard on the go. You know, somebody will throw that down in the comments. We'll be like, oh, well, Road Dog, who sang that Jeff Jarrett song? Okay, did you watch the dinner debonair? Okay, so it's not like anything super spectacular, except yeah, it was, and it won a fucking award because it was. <laughs> The choreography in that, the the fucking the, the the planning that went into that, the ex- flawless execution, the the I mean MJF literally won an award from like a, a fucking what a newspaper or magazine I don't remember like New York Times or something like that. Jericho got snubbed, but MJF got the fucking award because he's that good. Not to mention that he's oh you know had his own or maybe still has for all I know his own fucking barbershop quartet. Road Dog thinks he can well, I can freestyle a little rap that sounds like a fucking 80s white boy trying to rap. And I can fucking chuck and drive and do one of these little sh- shake, rattle, and roll, elbow drop. And he's calling himself a better entertainer when he can go, oh, you didn't know. That's not, no. He's charismatic and he might be more, you, you could argue he could be more outwardly charismatic than MJF, but a better entertainer than MJF? Is he a better actor? What movies was Road Dog in? What movies did Road Dog executive produce? I know it was only like a scene for like that. How many movies was Road Dog in that you've heard of? Was he the executive producer? Was he a executive pro? Okay, so shut the fuck up. Uh, look, man, MJF is destined for Hollywood. He is... I think in everybody's opinion on that short list at the very least of one of those next guys that's going to make that transition from fucking pro wrestling to Hollywood to mainstream like Batista and Cena and rock MJF's made it clear that that's where he wants to go. And with his ability to sing, to dance, to, to, to play a sympathetic baby face, to play a despicable heel, to and look at not only that, but look at the interviews he does. Have you ever watched this man sit down and do an hour long interview in character with anybody anywhere? Not just somebody that's willing to work with it, but like he'll walk into some fucking any radio station, anybody's fucking serious satellite radio bullshit. MJF just owns every room that he's in. There was one show, I don't remember what it was on, but they were. You know, trying to, they were looking at his nipples and trying to say that he was on roids and stuff like that. And MJF just fucking owned them because he's MJF. I don't think Road Dog has that ability. I just don't. And uh, I think, in all honesty, I think MJF has more charisma, more entertainment value in his scarf than Road Dog has. Uh, he does a fine shimmy, shake, rattle, and roll elbow drop. Man, can he get the crowd to chant, You better call somebody. What was his other good promo? Remember when Road Dog came out and he cut that? What was that? What, what, what promo was that? None. 
You remember him for being like loud and charismatic and being able to work the crowd. But do you really remember anything that he actually like? Has he left his mark on the business in in the form of his artwork? As a character, for sure. He's a Hall of Fame talent. Not a headlining Hall of Fame talent, but he's a Hall of Fame talent. The New Age Outlaws are, are Hall of Famers. On their own, without DX. <clears throat> but he's not MJF. I think I'll leave it there because all I'm doing now is just beating on Road Dog more. And pulling up more and more and more and more examples. Oh, he doesn't do this. Oh, he doesn't do that. I think, look, Cassio was kind of poking at him at the beginning of this to, to answer the question. Uh, and Road Dog's like, what are you trying to get some views? So I think, obviously, we're all in this YouTube game here. Take it with a grain of salt. I'm not dumb to that either. But at the same time, look, man, they did it to start the conversation. So let's get that conversation going down in the comments below. If you have not seen the full thing, I have linked it in the description below. By the way, as a podcast journalist, I do want to uh, pat myself or whatever the shoulder dust thing in this. Uh, it, maybe it was a different one. Uh, Road Dog recently uh, Casio said. No, it was in this clip. He's like, yeah, people are just going to say the bad, you know, the bad parts and they're not going to like give the full context or, you know, nobody ever shares the link. They just read the quote. I share the link in every fucking thing I cover. But alas, I'm still a nobody yelling into the void. But uh, someday, someday I'll get the respect that I'm due for my podcast journalist integrity. Check that link to the full video in the description below. I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next. The Velveteen Dream. I almost forgot about that guy. Has uh, popped back up on my social media feed again. Uh, last time I saw Patrick Clark. Last time we saw Patrick Clark collectively. He was being hauled off in a cop car. Threatening to sue people and the, do you know who I am? And I think he got assaulted somebody in a gym or something like that. Look, I'm not here to make allegations. Uh, but that was the report, right? There was a, a, an assault that took place at the gym. The cops were called and Patrick Clark was arrested on the scene and pulled. You know, it was a very infamous video now where he pulled the whole do you know who I am? And he argued with the cops and. You know, made fun of him, said he's bad at his job, going to get fired. All that stuff made a complete ass of himself. Well, Patrick Clark, the Velveteen Dream, has resurfaced. But uh, this time it's for something a little bit better. He has taken the higher road and apparently has come to the Internet to apologize for apologize for all of his recent dirty deeds Everything that led the once great Velveteen Dream down the slippery slope to obscurity where he lies right now. Check out this clip. The Velveteen Dream apologizes to the world and specifically Papa H and HBK for obvious reasons. Check out this clip. As you've probably seen or have heard over the course of the last few years, I want to apologize for my behavior. 
both professionally and personally. I always preach to those closest to me about the power of accountability and responsibility, and I take full accountability for my behavior over the last three years of my life. When narratives were written about me, uh, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter what was written about me. It doesn't matter what was said about me. It doesn't matter what's on the internet about me. I was wrong. Okay? Uh, and because of that, I need to apologize to a few people. First, I want to apologize to the WW organization. I want to apologize to the WW organization for any unwanted attention and negative press that I brought to your brand and your product. I want to apologize to the WWE fans and the Velveteen Dream fans because when you hear the name Velveteen Dream it should have only been spoken about in a productive and a positive light uh, not the name Patrick Clark uh, as another statistic of what happens when talent and opportunity meet immaturity okay uh, that's not what you spend your hard-earned money on it's not what you invest your time and your money in when you look on the TV and you come to the shows you should uh, escape reality not have to deal with mine um, I want to apologize to the WWE and the fans I want to apologize to Paul Levesque Paul you are such an understanding and patient man and leader and getting the opportunity to work with you and to learn from you I get the sense of what makes you who you are and how you've been able to handle the responsibility of being in the public light for such a long time. Uh, I want to apologize to you, Paul. I'm sorry. Uh, also, I want to say I'm sorry to Shawn Michaels. Shawn, it's still beyond me that I've been having the opportunity in this lifetime to learn from you, to have your mentorship and your guidance. And I apologize if you feel like you've wasted your time and your energy uh, investing into me. You have not. Uh, I'm still a work in progress. I'm still learning. And I remember all the lessons that you've taught me. Uh, Sean, I'm sorry. And I apologize to you all for any energy, uh, negative energy that has had to come your way because of me. Okay? Again, I want to apologize to the fans and those in my professional and personal life that I've affected by my behavior. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I recognize that I was losing myself and I apologize to anyone that I lost along the way, anyone that I've upset or offended because of my behavior. Um, man, I'm sorry. And I hope you all forgive me. That was good old Velveteen Dream pleading his case to the fans, to the wrestling gods, the wrestling powers that be. Please, Papa H, give me another chance. I'm so sorry. HBK, I see you down there. I learned so much from you. Can I come back, please? Uh, there was some other stuff that Velveteen Dream had been alleged to have partaken in in one way or another as well. I don't want to, uh, you know, traffic and scandal here. So unless it particularly pertains to this, I don't want to, like, dive into the hole because I also don't have the facts in front of me. And I'll just be that asshole. It's like spitting out random allegations. But uh, you have heard things in the past not so savory for the Velveteen Dream than, of course, that arrest incident. Uh, it's sad. It's really sad. But, uh, 
here's the thing, guys. And I see a lot of people dunking on the Velveteen Dream in those comments under him. And, you know, there's a lot of good positive stuff, too. But I see a lot of people taking their shots, laughing. And, look, we all know the wrestling world we live in, right? That's kind of like the... Uh, the character of the internet wrestling community as a living conscience, right? Like all of us combined, our our essence is to take shots online at people in the comments, right? You know, like, um, actually, this guy sucked. He's made We love it. We love to get ourselves over, see ourselves get over in the comments by taking a shot at somebody else. But look. Patrick, I think regardless of what you think of Patrick, uh, you, you know, as a podcast journalist, I will uh, remain neutral here. I was a huge fan of Velveteen Dream and NXT, though. Like, I thought his character was on to something. He had those fun entrances. He had the NWO gear. He had the Call Me Up Vince gear. It was controversial. I liked it. I dug what he brought to the table. I thought he was destined for very big things. Um, but as he said in this here video, he let his uh, immaturity get in the way. So, But you have to allow these people, regardless of what you think of them or what you think they did or did not do or whatever... Or if they're going to, you know, fuck up again. You have to allow grace, and here's why. Let me educate you guys. So you can dunk on him, that's fine. But if you allow this man redemption, he may find redemption. You want to give people an off-ramp, right? You want to give them a way that they can redeem themselves. A way that they can turn babyface, if you will. You know, you want them to have... You know, that like, okay, I am willing to accept your apology. And that makes them feel good about apologizing and then want to be a better person. If everybody just shuns them anyway, then it's like, what's the point of even apologizing or trying, right? They're just going to continue to feed their own negative bullshit continuously out into the universe. Nobody cares when he apologized. Nobody accepted his apology. So now he's just, you know, maybe... Uh, continues to fuck up whereas if we can kind of bring him back in it's okay son come here give him the old pat on the back or the spank on the butt however you want to interpret that probably would have went and got my paddle if it was this but that's besides the point um I, you got to give these people an opportunity to redeem themselves. Otherwise, there's no incentive to be redeemed is what I'm trying to say. So whether you like him or not, give him the grace to go, okay, I fucked up. I see that now. And look, he got arrested. I did not look into, as I maybe should have, but as far as like what kind of sentencing he ended up with or anything, but I am sure there was some counseling involved, obviously. And... Uh, Maybe this is part of his, like, whatever step program, right? Sometimes they make people do Al-Anon, even if he wasn't drinking. He might have been, though, on the on the drugs or something. I don't know. Here I am speculating again, right? I'm just a YouTuber. Don't listen to me. But this could be part of his recovery process to changing, to turning himself around, is to make that public apology. 
The thing that is getting a little bit of snark from the audience that is justified is the kind of blatant pandering to Triple H and <laughs> HBK. Like, come on, guys. I'm good now. Can I have a job again? I'm so I'm sorry, Papa. Uh, yeah, well, hey, <laughs> worth taking his shot, I, I suppose. And to an extent, he's right, because he did bring shame on the WWE. He was an active WWE roster member, specifically NXT, Triple H's brand at the time. He was Triple H's guy. Maybe not his guy guy, like backstage, like a Johnny Gargano. But, like, he was one of his guys, right? It was a Triple H guy, not a Vince guy. And then that scandal broke. You know, it's a bad look on Triple H and may or may not have led to one of the reasons why uh, Triple H was spanked on the butt and had NXT taken away from him for a little bit. Who knows? Velveteen Dream was a part of that early, uh, you know, fight against AEW. And he was, uh, you know, before that, man, he was main eventing pay-per-views. He had at least one main event takeover, right? Probably a couple. Uh, he had a good run. He had a very good run. He was a very good talent, both on the mic and, and look in the ring. Like, I mean, was he a master technician? No, but like he, he had the character work down and that's well over half the battle for getting somebody to want to watch. So he has star power, but he fucked it up. Will he get his second chance? Is he going to apologize to Tony Khan now for some, I, I who knows? He might be somebody that never gets back into the indies. Um, but again, I would say to any, if there's any indie wrestlers that watch this or bookers or anybody that would kind of flippantly like take the position of snubbing a Velveteen Dream if he does try to get back out there, maybe throw him just the tiniest of a bone to give people hope that they can redeem themselves. Because, look, no matter how bad people get, we need redemption in the world. People, you know, the worst of the worst can only be fixed by being redeemed or, you know, wiped out, basically. So give the man a path to redemption or, you know, he might not ever redeem himself. But that's just my thoughts. And also, he was pretty goddamn good in the ring. And uh, I don't know if he was ever actually, you know, convicted of any dirty crimes, uh, but he definitely had the assault thing. And, you know, I do believe there was other charges around with that. So, you know, he's, he's definitely made some mistakes, but let's keep an eye on him, see how he does, and maybe be open-minded about welcoming him back into our community somehow and look yo velveteen dream uh if you're out there patrick uh if nobody else wants to give you any kind of platform brother if you want to come on here and have a conversation with me i'll sit and talk with you man we'll have a conversation i'll hear you out i'll ask you the tough questions i'll get into it not a gotcha thing but like i'll you know we're going to have a deep conversation about things, but you know, if you need a platform, I got one for you. And, uh, you know, cause I do believe in redemption, but if he fucks up again like that, you know, bastard Jeff Hardy or something, then what do you guys think? What are your thoughts? I know I got a little sappy on this one, um, sappier than I might've thought, but I do think it's important. You know, I think we all, I, it, 
I've said my piece, but I think it's important. So let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. Patrick, if you see this floating around on YouTube and you happen to actually listen all the way to the end and you need a platform, holler at your boy. I would love to interview you. Peace, love, and pizza. I'm going to catch you in the next video. Your boy CM Punk did an interview with the Peacock Network as they were doing their showcase presentation. CM Punk was interviewed on behalf of WWE as a representation of the WWE and the WWE Network. And it was in this interview that CM Punk was asked about his real-life beef with Seth Rollins. Now, we've covered this from the other end. We've heard people interview, we've heard people ask Seth Rollins about his true feelings about CM Punk. But what are CM Punk's true feelings about Seth Rollins? Check out this clip. For those that may not remember, you entered that rumble at number one. The man who started that match with you was the current world heavyweight champion, Seth freaking Rollins. A lot has transpired for both of you over the last decade. How did you view Seth back then? Uh, I viewed Seth as somebody who was following in my footsteps. You know, I, I think there's a lot of people uh, in wrestling as a whole uh, that are in the WWE now that, for better or for worse, I think looked up to a guy like me. Um, I always like to thank the legends that helped pave the way for the roads that I travel now. Guys like uh, Terry Funk, Eddie Guerrero, you know, Bret Hart. Uh, Tracy Smothers, uh, Chris Candido, there's a litany of guys that I always feel that I wouldn't have gotten the opportunities uh, that I got if it weren't for them. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm in a position where it feels maybe strange me vocalizing it, but I think Seth is a guy, uh, at least I definitely thought it 10 years ago, that he's a dude that I don't think would have gotten the opportunities that he has gotten uh, if it wasn't for me, you know? Um, that might hurt some people's feelings, uh, but facts are facts. They don't care about your feelings. Now, Punk, when you decided to become a member of the Raw roster at the end of last year, you were immediately confronted by Seth, and he came right out and said that he hates you. Do you believe that that hate is warranted? Uh, no, I don't. What Seth honestly feels about me is none of my business. That's how I approach it. Um, uh, it, maybe he's jealous. Maybe he's envious. Uh, it's not for me to, to decide and figure out, you know, luckily there's a ring. And a lot of the times, if you have differences with somebody, you get to settle it in the ring. Uh, the rumble is in my immediate future. Um, if Seth is still champion by the time that is all said and done and the dust clears, you know, maybe we can talk again about it. And maybe we can settle things in the ring. Now, I'm pretty positive that a great deal of this is just work. You know, this is definitely one of those stories where the, you know, the work blends in with the shoot, if you will. You know, real life bleeds into the story that they're trying to tell. And those are the best stories that that's why people are so invested in this storyline. That's why people want Punk to win WrestleMania or win the Royal Rumble and go on to WrestleMania to get that main event match against Seth Rollins because of the story. 
People want to see this story play out. It's compelling. It's compelling because these two don't get along in real life. Because there wouldn't be a Seth Rollins without a CM Punk. Punk's right, by the way. Do you remember when CM Punk came into the WWE? It was the John Laurinaitis, six foot two, three, four and over, 250 and over club, right? We're hiring John Heinen Reichs, and we're hiring guys like that. This was not the CM Punk era. This was not the era of little guys. We have not gotten to that point yet. Punk was a scrawny little, as Kevin Nash would say, looks like a fucking, you know, like a like a Waffle House cook, skinny fat, tattooed, greasy, coming off the street with a bit of indie cred, a little bit of indie cred, right? But Paul Heyman. CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk's the guy. We got to do CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. Finally, they're like, all right, Paul, Jesus Christ, fine. You can put him on the ECW thing or whatever if you really think he's that special, but he's probably not. He's a little scrawny punk, but we can hide him on ECW. Why am I blurry? Didn't even touch the camera and I'm blurry. There we go. Focus. Goddamn camera doesn't like the focus unless there's like bright lights. It's annoying. Even though I'm staring directly into a bright light. If you ever wonder why I look off to the side like this, first it's the monitors over there, so I make sure everything's working properly. But also because I have a giant bright light fucking flashing in my eyes. <laughs> um, where were we here? What the fuck were we just talking about? Oh, yeah. We were talking about CM Punk and Seth Rollins. I think, you know, obviously there, there's a great... Because this is the story that they're telling. So there's going to be work in that. But I don't think there's anything false being said here. When Punk got hired to the WWE, he was unique in that way. And he got pissed on. And he got held down. And he got the short end of the stick and fought and clawed. And as a matter of fact, it wasn't until Punk had reached the success that he did that the door started to open up to more small guys, to more indie guys, right? Triple H, especially down in NXT, they were still not getting brought into the main roster of WWE. They only got into the system because Triple H started hiring them through NXT. But Punk was the exception to that. Punk opened that door. Not to mention that Punk was the exact reason that Rollins got the call up. Now, that's not to say that Rollins would have never been called up. Of course he would have been, you know. Talent, cream always rises to the top. And he absolutely would have gotten called up at some point. Uh, but it was Punk's idea to bring him up in that role, that iconic role of the Shield. And he really did pave that way. Um, but I get why these guys don't get along, and I'm sure there's more to it than they're going to let on public, too. Punk has a pretty sharp tongue, says a lot of mean things. And Rollins, you know, who knows what else was said or done behind the scenes that we don't know about. But what I do know is that this is going to be a hell of a fucking match. Uh, maybe not a match, hell of an angle. This is going to be a fun story going into media. Uh, there's not a lot in the match with Dominic that shows me that the, the match will be great, but who knows, you know, he can, Punk can warm up until then. He was just a little bit slow is all, just a little slow, you know, but it was a house show. It was relaxed. Who cares, right? By the way, I do have a full commentary of that. If you want to just, uh, watch something else after this, I'll link it in the 
uh, like on the end cap or whatever. I do the full commentary over the return of CM Punk to Madison Square Garden in his first match against Dom. That's really fun. Um, but other than that, I'm going to go ahead and leave it there. If you could hit that subscribe button down below, hit the like while you're there too. If you liked what you watched at any point, and continue to get notified as I bring you more great shit just like this. Peace, love, and pizza. Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. Are you excited for this match? Do you think there's mostly truth to everything that they're saying here in their promos back and forth? Uh, as far as do you think the, you know, the hatred, the beef is real? Do you think that Punk did pave the way for guys like Seth Rollins? Let me know all of it down in the comments below. I'm going to go ahead... And move on to the next. I hate juggalos. I fucking hate them. I say all this with a grain of salt because for a good part of my own life, I proudly identified as a juggalo. You should come to the gathering with me. Nah, man. I'm, I'm not into all that whoop whoop shit anymore. I'll pay for your ticket. I got fired today. Get the fuck out! Still got room for me? Spike, slow the fuck down! Cops! Fuck your sleep! Fuck your sleep! Fuck your sleep! The savages started closing in with their tiki torches and war paint. Shit! Run! You guys got a dead body here already? Even the aliens were throwing shade. It was pure panic and intense horror. There was a guy I saw got chopped in half. I had nothing left to go back to. You alive? Yep. The Gathering. A bold journey into the belly of the Juggalo underworld. Just takes a lot of time. You gotta have you gotta have the time, so I guess I have to uh, convince Tony Khan that I'm worth that much time again, huh? <laughs> so it's been a couple weeks since we've heard from the good doctor Britt Baker when she made the news a couple weeks ago when she tweeted out during a live dynamite while it was happening about her lack of mic time compared to some of the other people that are on the roster, uh, which led me to speculate that she was indeed the devil herself, uh, which, of course, she turned out not to be involved with that, which is fine. It's a stupid angle. It was, they botched it, but it's fine. We don't talk about that here. We talk about the podcast. And the good doctor has been off the market basically for quite a while at this point and you know rumors were swirling around when that tweet came out as to why dr Britt baker was off tv was she injured secretly and we just didn't know about it was she you know staying home to nurse fucking adam cole while his pinky toe healed or was there something else going on? Well, she talked to this fella here on the Ring the Bell podcast. This appears to be new. I have not seen or heard of it previously. It's a bit overproduced, if you ask me. You know, like, it's a little, little, little they add little sound effects and shit to everything. Like, he's like, so let's jump back a minute. And then they'll have like a little spoing, like a spring. And it's like. It's too much, man. It's too much for like a sit-down interview. But anyway, this dude sat down, interviewed the good doctor, and asked her on the podcast flat out, what is the reason that you have not been featured on AEW television? And this was her answer. Check out this clip. 
in 2021-2022, AEW Women's Division was Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. Now, 2023 was a little different. It almost seemed like you took a back step. Mm-hmm. Was there any reason for that? You know, taking a back step from the spotlight this year? Um, yeah. So I, I think with our very passionate fans they're very vocal with what they want what they don't want what they like what they don't like and uh we listen i i listen so if they are telling me they want more or less or something then okay i i hear you loud and clear and a lot of them said we want less Britt baker so if that if that's what they want okay that's what they'll get let me take a step back here's the rest of the women someone else take the ball and run with it and and make the women's division about you and you be the face of the women's division and when no one else can do that i'll be there to pick up the pieces and do it all over again how do you think it's going you tell me i think what i want to do is i want to start doing some interviews because this fucking interview sucked this guy sucked donkey dick is what he did but he got the the answer out of Brit that I think everybody was waiting to hear. What the hell is the problem? Why aren't you on TV? And uh, her answer was you kind of surprised me, to be honest with you, that she purposely took herself off TV because she can read the room and was kind of picking up on the fans, starting to resent a little bit too much DMD on their TV. On TNT. Hee <laughs> hee. It's so fucking bad. I, I, you're, you're free to unsubscribe right now. I understand. I won't hold that one against you. Uh, but if you are still here, I apologize for that. Uh, where was I? Dr. Britt Baker. Uh, that's a good move. She was getting a little bit played out, wasn't she? I thought she was. Um, she wasn't like... She has basically always been the focus of the women's division. Yeah, she spent some time injured and on the sidelines, but she was never really away, away, away. Even uh, when she was had that broken leg for a while, that's kind of where her star was made, as a matter of fact, on the mic. Uh, and then, you know, in the absence of Jamie Hayter and everything, and like that whole run with Jamie Hayter was kind of the Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter show. So, yeah, step back for a little bit. And, you know, that's allowing things like a timeless Tony Storm to breathe, for example, which just get, continues, continues to pay off. Uh, you know, for all the shit that people give AEW, the time they nail it with some shit, right? Like, t- timeless Tony Storm, like that character, you can't tell me that, like, Tony is not in a better uh, is not being used better than she was in WWE. Right. So it's not all bad over on the other side of the fence, but I digress. Uh, I think, you know, and probably some of that might've been to sit home with Adam too. Like, look, Jamie's hurt. And I wouldn't mind that as Tony, like it, it makes sense as long as Brit's not bitter about it. If Britt wants the spotlight and isn't being used, because you saw I also added in there Britt saying, if I can convince Tony I'm worth TV time again, I don't know if she's working that or not. I can't tell. It's hard to tell because Britt's, she's smart enough to be a worker, but she's also bold enough to just say it. So it's, uh, I could really go either way with her, honestly. So her story makes sense of why she's been off. 
uh, Jamie Hayter's injured. They were doing the thing with Jamie Hayter. They were working with the Outcasts and Soraya, which they flopped. But then Tony Storm spun off into her own thing, and now Adam Cole's home hurt. So it's like you can't even. There's no, not even really any reason for you to be here with Adam. Still, it's like take some time off. All your storylines are kind of snake bit right now. Just kind of take a break, and. I was even always a proponent of, uh, I said this somewhere along the way of all the hours that have spoken on a fucking microphone, that I think it would be nice that if wrestling companies found a way to build into their schedules time off for the wrestlers. Storyline time off. Like, not even just work them till they injure themselves and have to be off, but like... Okay, we're going to do like a two-year grind or you know, a one-and-a-half-year grind. Then we're going to work an injury angle, and we'll let you sit home for like three months. And just sit home, relax, heal, recover, hang out with your family, come back refreshed, new storyline. And it was already kind of built in and plotted so you know that. And look, you know, if somebody's injured or hurt, you can always reschedule or move things around. I don't see any problem with that as long as Britt doesn't see any problem with that. But she might. Sounds like she might. Could be working us, too. It is the wrestling business. Don't you know? Um, what do you guys think? Do you think Britt Baker needs to be back on our TV? Do you think she was getting overplayed? Do you like that she's self-aware enough like that? I actually thought that's a very good sign very that she's smart uh to her character she knows that's gonna you know tell me that she's gonna know when to turn heel when to turn baby face when to leave a company and go to another company when to take breaks she's gonna she knows she, she's got a feel for how to play this game she sounds like an aew loyalist an aew lifer but i think we all know better than that so I wouldn't want to be trying to frustrate her, but I, I, on the flip side, you know, so if she is frustrated and she wants to get back and be used, I wouldn't be trying to frustrate Britt Baker. On the flip side, yeah, now is a fantastic time for her to just go home and do nothing because she was getting a little played out. She's got other people that can carry the ball for her right now. Jamie Hayter's hurt. Adam Cole's hurt. Go home. Relax. Well, now Cole's back on TV, so it's different, but you get the point. But I would love to know your thoughts down in the comments below. I know a lot of people don't even like women's wrestling to begin with, so there's a lot of you that are like, ah, the less women's wrestling on my TV, the better. Uh, but Burr Baker's one of the good ones, right? You know, like if you're going to watch a women's wrestling match or build a women's wrestling league, Britt Baker's on that team, right? So I don't know. I don't know. But we'll see how it plays out. At this point, I don't doubt anybody would eventually make a jump. She just, uh, we'll see how angry and bitter she actually is or if she's just uh, ready to get back into the mix. Time will tell. Thoughts in the comments below. Peace, love, and pizza. I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next, to the next. The Iron Claw is the latest presentation in the analogs of professional wrestling films and dramas. Stars Zac Efron as a very sexy, very handsome, very overly bulked up probably 
Kevin Von Erich stars Jeremy Allen White of Shameless Fame and The Bear as Carrie Von Erich. Harris Dickinson, a newcomer to the scene, plays David Von Erich. Holt McCallany plays the evil Fritz Von Erich. Grr. And this was directed by Sean Durkin in A24 production. What I'm going to do here for you guys, I'm going to give you just kind of a quick, like maybe two minute nuts and bolts, non-spoiler review for those that just kind of want to decide whether they want to go see this movie or not. Then on the flip side of that, we're going to dive deep into this mother. We're going to go full spoilers for those of you who have seen it or those of you who just don't give a shit and just want to talk about it or listen to about it. So come on in. And uh, let's take a ride, because this one gets fucking messy. Ever since I was a child, people said my family was cursed. Mom tried to protect us with God. Pop tried to protect us with wrestling. He said if we were the toughest, the strongest, nothing could ever hurt us. I believed him. We all did. Pants tomorrow, please, David. Terry, I want you to join your brothers in the ring. Yes, sir. I love that. Now, we all know Carrie's my favorite, then Kev, then David, then Mike. But the rankings can always change. What do you want in life, Kevin Von Eric? More ribs. (laughs) I want to be with my family. You know, be with my brothers. What do you like to do with your brothers? Together, we can do anything. We're here to restore justice to the wrestling federation that our father built with his own two hands. The hands that were passed down to us. The hands that will deliver the iron claw to you. So what do you think? Like, we're alive. I love your family, Kevin. Don't we, uncle? Yes, sir. Oh, man, that makes me so happy. I talked to you about something, Mom. Dad's too tough on us. You gotta say something. Baby, that's what your brothers are for. Feel that? Ah. You feel that? Ah. That's pressure. I mean, you're pushing too hard. I'm fine, Kev. Seriously, I'm just sick. I'm scared, man. It all out of control. I need to think about my family. Your job is to wrestle. Live up to that deal or we are through. I told you to look out for him! I just love being out there with you guys. It's the only thing that matters to me. The father will forever be the greatest family in the history of wrestling. This is sitting at an 89% Rotten Tomatoes score right now, 73% Metacritic, who I've never even heard of them, and 93% of Google users like this movie, and I think you will too. I thought this movie was fantastic. Uh, you know, on my scale of zero to five hearts, I give this a four, a solid four hearts. I don't do any halves. So just right up front, this is a four out of five heart movie. 
I heart the shit out of this movie. Uh, I feel like this was very well acted. I feel like they suck you into the drama of this. There's plenty here. You know, uh, if you are on the fence about this because you're not a wrestling fan or you used to be or you don't really want to watch a full wrestling movie, there is so much more here in this movie for you. So if you are a you know significant other to a big sweaty wrestling nerd that wants to go see this movie, I think you're going to enjoy the hell out of it. I think you're going to get a lot out of this movie. Again, very well acted. Uh, if you are an uppity wrestling fan, you will be uh, pretty irate at some of the portrayals of some of the characters. Some people have... Uh... If you are a particularly picky wrestling fan or you just like to complain, you will find that some of the portrayals of wrestlers you know were not entirely accurate. There's things being mentioned, like Ric Flair obviously making the rounds. Wasn't very Ric Flair-y. For example, Jeremy Allen White, who plays Carrie Von Erich, is significantly shorter than the other guys and just significantly short in general, in all honesty. Then there's the criticism that there was a whole Von Erich brother that was completely left out of this movie to begin with. But I'm going to ask you guys to look at this as a film, as an art piece. This is not an exact to the letter biopic of the day-to-day moments of the Von Erich family, you know. Uh, they sped up timelines, they've combined things, they've moved things around to fit a story. You know, it wasn't done to just be out of oversight or out of anything malicious. It was really done for the sake of the story, which is what they were trying to do here. So don't get it twisted. They were not here to make the Von Erichs biopic as much as they were here to make a drama film. And a drama film they made. I thought this was the best wrestling movie I've ever seen in my life. Better than The Wrestlers, though I have heard other people say different. So this might just be down to your personal taste. And uh, bring a box of Kleenex. Because if you have any heart, any soul at all... You're going to cry your eyes. You already know what happens. You know people die. It's the Von Erich family, right? You know the story, especially if you're wrestling fans. But And I know you've heard the hype already. Oh, this will gut you. This will tear you up. You know, it's not hyperbole. The way they present the events of this family, the way this movie rolls out, it just gets you in the feels Gets you in the feels. Gets you harder in the feels while you're down. And then it comes back and it gets you in the feels one last time, but maybe for the better. But still, I think, you know, if you have any kind of heart at all, you're going to cry your eyes out at this movie. But uh, I can't recommend it enough. I recommend spending the money to go watch it, support the movie. But if you can't, at least jump on it when it gets to be streaming. Again, this is a four out of five heart movie. Uh, The only thing holding it back, you know, like a five-heart movie would be Titanic, right? Godfather, Pulp Fiction, Scarface. Like, you can't give it a full five, but this is a damn, damn good movie. And I'm excited to see it again. And uh, honestly, it stuck with me for a long time. Like, it, it's a heavy movie. That's it, y'all. That's all I got for you. Another one in the can, episode 98. Two more to go, episode 99, 
And then, of course, that's the big one, the episode 100. We will have finally made it to our 100th episode, which I am stoked for. A huge milestone of which I have a huge announcement. The biggest announcement that I have had about this show since the show transitioned from audio to video. And this will be a big game-changing uh, announcement regarding the Pro Wrestling Podcast podcast. I am not going away, so don't get your hopes up for that. I will always be here like the motherfucking sun. All right? Maybe not as dependable as this. Maybe like the sun on a most mostly cloudy days and shit. But a pop-up once in a while, right? You know, a couple times a week, that sort of thing. I want to thank you guys for taking this ride along with me here today. I had a lot of fun doing this. Uh, I got very heated. Uh, I got I, honestly just very pissed off about the Nick Hausman thing. Um, you know, when I first looked into it, I was just like, ah, you know, just whatever internet crap. But the more that I saw going around, I'm also getting pissed off. My camera keeps unfocusing here today, too. That's a problem. Um, but the more I've seen going around about this, the more shitty journalism I saw that was influencing a lot of this that can cause a lot of damage, you know, whether rightfully so or not. But that has not been proven. And our speculation doesn't count as proof. So uh, it was one I was particularly passionate about because Nick Hausman is, I mean, it's just the worst. Pro I mean, so look, Meltzer... But Sean Ross Sapp's pretty good, right? He's a very good, uh, you know, he double checks his sources before he breaks them. He's even talked about, you know, having the scoop before somebody else, but not breaking it because he couldn't confirm it yet. Um, then you got guys like Meltzer who does get up the inside scoop, but Meltzer likes to add his opinion to things. And Meltzer likes to add his opinion as fact. The example I always like to cite is when he was talking about Mercedes Monet. Well, I don't think she would sign to AEW because they're going to want to sign her to a three-year contract. And she's not going to want to tie herself down to a three-year contract. And that's a light little, you know, hardly egregious one. But it's like, did you, I mean, do you have this on good authority that Tony Khan only deals in three-year contracts because we know that not to be true. He's got five-year contracts, two-year contracts. He's done month-to-month -month or per appearances. Don't tell me that. Any contract can be negotiated, first of all. Secondly, why wouldn't Mercedes want to be locked down to something? And who says she has to? She can still go wrestle in Japan and everywhere else under the umbrella of AEW. That's something she can't do for AEW. So again, just it's not even lies. It's just, oh, this is clearly how it's going to work because this is how I understand it to be. So he speaks opinion as fact based on his educated years and years of, you know, experience and education, educated, you know, he's got he's got inside knowledge, but he takes a little bit of knowledge and a lot of opinion, right? That's Dave Meltzer. Wade Keller's really good. He's sharp, but he's old timing now. He's behind the times. I don't see him doing anything in in the space with the kids these days. You know, he's not on the TikToks and stuff like that. Right? Um but he's very solid. But then you get into these, you know, B-level guys. Like this this Nick Hausman here. He's such a cuck. And I know I already ranted and I already buried him. But, I mean, 
He's just, this is just such bad journalism. It's laughably bad. I don't know where he was able to get any kind of market share in this business as a journalist. Um, You know, I'm sure he's a scooper guy like a lot of other people, but for him to just get hearsay and report it and spread it around hearsay that can ruin people's lives, like it's just the worst as far as journalism goes. So... Uh, as a podcast journalism, I had to put my superhero cape on and fight for the cause in that there situation. But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. This was a fun one. I haven't had a good rant in a while on this show. You know what I mean? I rant from time to time. I'll have a little line or two. But that was really, you know, I haven't gone hard like that in a bit. So it was, whew, felt good to get that off my chest. And uh, I do highly encourage also checking out the full spoiler review of the Iron Claw. I know I did include the non-spoiler review as a segment here for this show. Um, but I also you know, did do a full separate video that goes far more in-depth about the Iron Claw. You know, it's a, about an hour long. I haven't edited it up yet, but I do believe it'll probably come in at about an hour. So... Uh, enjoy that, but that's all I got for you. Like I said, news is coming. Uh, I'm going to work like a madman this year. Uh, this is going to be my biggest year. I am now monetized, which thank you guys, by the way. Um, you know, I can't thank you enough because I, I know I begged and I pleaded and I mentioned it at the end of every podcast and I said it all the time. Please like subscribe, all that shit. You got me there. We're here. So now what? Now is to pound out more content. That was my promise to you. Get me to the point where I can make some money off this shit and I will continue to pound out more content. Um, so I do have, I have uh, one video I did too. I want to said shed some spotlight on speaking of extra content. I also did a video on the, uh, my wrestling predictions for 2024. That video is not performing so hot and I'm a little confused why. Uh, because the thumbnail I think is exceptional. It's one of my favorites of all time. I got Tony Khan. I'm, I'm looking at it like a like a like a glass, you know, like what are those called? Uh, you know, the uh, the mystic things, the, the 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 crystal balls, right? Jesus Christ! And uh, <laughs> I have Tony Khan in the crystal balls with his little cracked out eyes and stuff. It's it's a fun thumbnail. I don't know what the problem is, but it's a good video too. I put a lot of time and effort into producing that. I like doing those kind of videos. I like doing the overly produced bonus type videos. Um, but at the same time, they got to get the views to encourage more of them, right? So I'm still going to do them because I'm a creative guy and I need an outlet for my creativity. Uh, but, you know, if it picked up more views, it would be something that uh, I would lean into more. But it didn't seem to go over well. What did go over well is I do have a video also out, if you haven't seen it, where I do my own personal commentary, my play-by-play commentary over the CM Punk versus Dominic Mysterio match at Madison Square Garden at the house show. I did a commentary version of that. All of that should be linked possibly somewhere at the end cap. But uh, if not, it's certainly going to be right here on my channel. But that's all I got for you guys. A lot being dropped on you here. Also, I do intend to go live very soon. I know I mentioned that. This is uh, something that, I mean, it's basically just everything's ready. I got graphics ready. I've already set up everything to, to be able to just hit a button and go live. 
So I can do it basically anytime. Uh, you know, but life and all of that shit. Um, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out a good time to jump on live. And I want to take that at least that first meeting to uh, the first live session to just hang out with you guys. Talk. If you are one of those people, especially you guys, anybody listening all the way to the end, man, I want to talk with you guys. Let's let's have a chat. And I just want to get to know. I want to build a community. You know, we ain't got to be besties or nothing. But I want to. I want to get to know you guys a little bit. Have you guys get to know me a little bit and build a little bit of a community because we're just gonna keep on grinding here, and this is going to be the place to be in 2024. And I hope Nick Hausman takes me up on a debate, perhaps, or at least shuts the fuck up and shows his proof. I hope something comes of that. I hope I can kind of poke the bear a little and get into the wrestling zeitgeist with that video. Um, and I do also hope that I can get that interview with Patrick Clark. That would be dope. I am still I'm debating about actually reaching out to him. I don't know if it's I don't know if I should. I don't know if he's I don't know thinking about it. I think he might be a good first interview, you know easy for me to get at my low level because people don't really want to platform them now. And I look, it'd be a good little test for me to test hard questions uh, by also at the same time being, you know, tactful and respectful and kind of, you know, the idea is you want to give them the tough questions, but you also want them to want to stay there. You know, you don't want to just be like, where were you on the trail? They're going to be like, whoa, <laughs> I'm out of here. You know, so there's there's a dance to it, but uh, he'd be a good first dance partner, I think. That's it, y'all. That's all I got for you. I've talked your ear off. I'm going to go ahead and bounce and edit all this shit up and get it cranked out. Peace, love, and pizza. I am your boy, Seth Grimes, and this has been the <clears throat> Pro Wrestling Podcast Podcast.